0: Hello again. How are you, Karen? I'm great. Thank you so much for for uh, chatting with me again. <laughs> yeah. So we spoke in June and uh-huh. uh, finally I have edited this uh, episode, but when we spoke on Instagram about this old chat, you said that so much have happened since June. So I wanted to talk to you again. What have how, how what have happened since June? Well,
1: my little hobby
0: has taken a turn and I'm not
1: doing as many coloring, you know, traditional coloring pages as I used to because I'm just doing so well, I'm I'm doing a lot more pet portraits for clients, which is such a blessing and, and a wonderful thing. But I also discovering this in me sparked something that I wish I had found 20 years ago. Oh. So now kind of all I want to do is animals and my, my own original artwork. The two years of coloring taught me so much and built my confidence and taught me skills that I didn't have before. And so now this is just kind of taken off in a whole new direction and I'm doing different kind of art now so I'm trying to keeping up with my YouTube channel I'm still trying to do art for it but I'm doing a lot more original art pieces as opposed to coloring pages now than I used to and it part of me is sad about it because I feel like I've I've let down my fellow colorists but on the other hand you know you sometimes you just got to follow where your heart takes you right and this Hmm. is where my heart is right now so
0: but compared to when you did the pet portraits when we spoke in june and now how has the process been
1: the process is very similar i am doing a lot more pastel pieces as opposed to with color pencil Um, it's still pencils but it's the pastel pencils it's kind of taken off to where i'm really it's it's, it's a full-time job now where I'm doing several portraits a week for clients, and um, it's just been such a blessing. I remember saying to myself, darn, I wish I could earn a living coloring, Yes. <laughs> now I kind of am, so it's pretty cool.
0: So you get uh, people order things from you now?
1: They do, yeah, yeah.
0: Specific animals, pets?
1: Yep, for their, their pets. Um, a lot of them, unfortunately, are memorial portraits, which stinks because... Sorry, what is that sound? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Do you bake a cake? I'm, no, I'm color. I'm using my... I'm on I, I, I was... It's That was colored pencil on paper that you just heard. Just <laughs> <now>. <laughs>
0: Oh sorry I, saw, I thought you were making a cake because it sounded like you're baking so you are actually doing it right now you can't stop yourself I can't help myself <laughs> That's true. Yeah sorry they are order
1: yeah they'll send me a photo of their pet whether he's alive or has passed on and I will create a portrait for them that they can hang on their wall and and I love it And I do those, and then I also, in between, when I have a little bit of time, I'll do my own wildlife art.
0: Do you still use this grid method you told us about? You know, the grid method is a
1: wonderful method to use, but I have moved, I needed to find a way to make things go faster, because the grid method does take quite a bit of time. So I use an app called DaVinci Eye, and it's... Basically, I can hover the photo over my paper, looking through the viewfinder of my camera, and I can quickly sketch out the important bits, like the placement of the eyes, the shape of the eye, the outline of the animal, the, the all the important things that I want to make sure are kind of where they need to go, and then I use the proportional divider, when I start creating the the piece so that I can make sure that everything is where it should be and in proportion and all of that stuff. So it speeds the process up quite a bit.
0: But you still draw and color on paper, not in your iPad or computer.
1: Correct, correct.
0: Do you work all the day with one piece or how does your days look?
1: <laughs> I could literally work all day. But I try and get up every couple of hours and move around and do something else for a little while. But yeah, there's been many times when I look up at the clock and I think, oh my gosh, I haven't had anything to drink in three hours. I need to get up a stretch. Um, you, I get you can really I get lost in what I'm doing and time just kind of goes by very quickly. So I have to remind myself to get up, move around a little bit.
0: And uh, is the feeling you have when you are doing this? the same you had when you start coloring? Yes, it's
1: the same, but I would have to say that it's actually even a little bit more exciting and a little bit more intense than what I had when I was coloring, because for one, it's all my work, other than sharing credit with the photographer whose photos I'm using for reference. It's all my work, and I still when i finish a piece or when i'm working on a piece sometimes i look at it and i just think i i i don't get it i don't know how i did that like it's you still get that like exciting feeling when you've done something that you're proud of and you mm. and you're just like oh my gosh that's so cool <laughs> i wish that i had found this like i feel like this is something that i should have been doing for the last 20 years mm. so I'm catching up. I'm spending all my time doing it, and I'm making up for lost time.
0: And you still have your beautiful studio.
1: I do. I do. Yes, it's starting to now fill up with all of my pastel paintings and animal stuff. But yeah, I still, I still have it, and it's still my favorite room of the house.
0: And but you said you had started to use pastel pencils more. Why?
1: There are basically two surfaces that I like to use the most, pan pastels and pastel pencils on pastel mat, which is an incredible kind of paper, and there's nothing else like it. It really grips the pastels beautifully, and you can work dark to light and light to dark both, so no matter what color, um, whether it's light or dark that I put on top of other colors, they're going to show up. That is one of the things I loved about the toned paper when I was using toned paper for coloring. I could put light over dark and it would show up. Mm. The same thing goes with drafting film. That's my other surface that I am like obsessed with for color pencil because I can pull the pigment off very easily or scratch with a slice tool the pigment off revealing whatever color I place behind it because drafting film is translucent. So whatever color paper you have behind it is going to show through a little bit on your, on the front. And those are two services that I love to work on because my brain has a hard time thinking in reverse. So a lot of very extremely talented artists and colorists can use white paper and create beautiful artwork on white paper and they can, Put the darker pencils down and leave the white alone so that it looks like you worked light over dark. I cannot do that. I've tried. My brain just doesn't think that way. So I had to find surfaces and materials that suited my
0: style. And what pencils do you use? What pencils?
1: So when I was coloring, Prismacolor were my absolute favorite pencils in the whole wide world. But now I have started using polychromos and luminance a lot more for a couple of reasons. They have many more light, fast pencils. And now that I am doing artwork that is meant to be framed and hung on a wall, the light fastness of the pencils is a lot more important to me than it was when I was doing coloring pages that would be in a book or in a a folder when they were finished. So...
0: That's true. And I'm
1: discovering things about the Polychromos that I really like as far as like being able to pull color off of a page. It's a lot easier with oil-based pencils than it is with the, the, the wax space or the Prismacolors. Once you get that Prismacolor down on that paper, man, it's going to stay.
0: Okay. Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> um, and the Polychromos gives me a little more freedom to lift and pull some of that color off if I want to, for different effects and highlights. But I love them all. I mean, I still love all my pencils. I love my Pablos. I use those a lot. I kind of mix and match whenever I do a color pencil piece, a lot of my brands, because there's just too many yummy colors to pick from in all of the different brands.
0: And when you use uh, soft pastels, what is it that you use? What brands?
1: I use... Carbithello, those are probably my favorite. They are a medium soft pastel pencil, and they're very, very reasonably priced, and they have beautiful colors. So those are probably my favorite. Um, I also use Derwent. Derwent makes a pastel pencil. I also use Pitt, Castell Pitt pastels. Those are the hardest ones that I have, and I use those Mostly for detail or if I can't find another color in the other brands. They're a little bit harder than what I like to um, use. Geoconda is a good brand. Those don't come open stock, unfortunately, but they're still a nice pencil. And I use a few of the Karen Dash pastel pencils. They're the most expensive. They are the softest. But they have a few colors that I really, really like, and I use a lot with my animal portraits, so I have a few of those as well.
0: But isn't hard pencil good when you do fur, when you do strokes?
1: Not necessarily, because when you're working on pastomat, which is, I liken it to a sanded paper, but it's not really a sanded paper. There's no other paper surface like it but when you are layering and you're putting lots and lots of layers of pastel down on the paper and you're getting up to your final layer because your absolutely last layer is going to be your detail layer Mm. all the other layers below it are what give it depth so the further down towards the skin you go you know it's usually the darkest and as you work your way up it just it's soft and you get you know, layer and layer and layer and then your very last layer is your layer that you would actually see or touch on the animal. And by the time you get to that point, you have quite a lot of layers of pencil down on the pastel mat. And so a really hard pencil, you have to press harder to make a mark, whereas a soft pencil, you can very gently touch the paper and it will make a mark. And so For the fur, I actually prefer the softer pencils at the end because I can just really lightly touch the paper, twist the pencil, and get a nice thin little mark on the top, which is what you want for your last layer. The hard pencils are good for details in the eyes. Anytime you want a sharp line of something, um, the hard pencils are good for that.
0: Do you mix colored pencils with soft pastel pencils?
1: I have not yet, but that is something that I'm going to start experimenting with. I belong to a lot of different Facebook groups, different artist groups, and I'm always learning when people share pictures of things that they've done or they leave a comment on other people's work or whatever, I absorb all of that because it's all valuable information. And there are some artists that talk about using colored pencils on top of their pastels. So I'm definitely going to try it because if I could name one thing I don't like about pastels, it's the inability for me personally to get them really nice and sharp. Pastel pencils chew up sharpeners. They dull the blades down so fast. And I tried a little metal sharpener, a little M&R sharpener, because that's what was recommended and you can replace the blades when they get dull and all that and it sounded perfect. Um, and they it works great on those pit pastels because they're so hard, but on on the softer core pastel pencils, I just can't make it work. People have talked about a crank sharpener. I don't know. I'm I'm sure that it works for them, but it, if the blade in my little handheld sharpener dulls out after a day of sharpening, oh. to me that tells me that I'm I don't know why they're able to do it, but I'm not. So I sharpen mine with a craft blade, with a sharp mm. blade and sandpaper.
0: Can you tell the difference between using soft pastel pencils on that pastel mat that you are using and, for example, when I am using them in a coloring book?
1: A hundred percent. The difference is like night and day. In fact, I'm going to actually be doing a, a red panda. I'm going to do a red panda piece for my next YouTube video. And I have examples of what the pastel pencils look like on pretty, you know, on Canson, my tent my tense, my tense, I can't pronounce it, but it's a pastel paper. And it's a very well-known pastel paper, but it is just regular old paper. And I have swatched out on that paper. And I finally broke down and said, you know what, I'm going to swatch my pencils on the paper that I actually use. So I did use the um, pastel mat to swatch them. And you will be blown away at the difference in the coverage, in the depth, in the color. Regular coloring book paper does not have enough tooth to properly grab the pastel pencils. So you get a very super thin layer Mm. um, that can easily be rubbed off unless you seal it with a spray sealer Mm. and kind of the same thing goes for even the traditional like Strathmore or Canson pastel papers. You just can't get the layers that you can get with a sanded paper or pastel mat. Pastel mat can take, I don't know, probably 10 or 20 layers of pastel pen on it. So the difference is huge, in my opinion. And I, I've seen a lot of people in my Facebook groups who have never tried mat before, who try it for the first time. And their comments when they post their pictures are like, oh, my gosh, this was a game changer for me. I did not understand the, all the hype until I actually tried it. So it's a huge difference.
0: <laughs> Long story short,
1: yes, it's a huge difference.
0: Do you need to spray between your layers on that?
1: I do not. No. No spraying. And I don't seal it with anything when I'm finished either. It stays put. Now, if you came on to the piece and you rubbed your hand all over the piece, yes, you would smear it. But the pieces get, when they're finished, because you work that pastel into the tooth of the paper as you go, and you just keep building and building. And by the time I get to the last layer, it's on there. It's stuck on there unless I come in and really rub it off. So they get framed with a mat or a double mat and they get framed behind glass and they are perfectly safe. They're protected and and no sealant is required. And most pastel artists that I know do not use spray sealer on their pieces because it changes the color.
0: I have a problem. I mean, I have just used them very unprofessional in my coloring books, but they are so uh, dusty, so, uh, yeah. Not dusty,
1: mat. because the dust of the pencil goes into the tooth of the pastelmat, so I have virtually no dust when I use my pencils on pastel.
0: Wow. When we spoke in June, you talked about how much you loved colored pencils because they are so precise. So why did you switch?
1: I think that was what I was starting to say. That was my point when I started talking about the sharpening. That's the only thing I don't like about the pastels is that I lose that extreme precision of the colored pencils. But honestly, the more and more pieces I do, I learn how to get that with the pastels. You just learn how to do it. And my pastel pieces are softer than colored pencil pieces. They do have a softer look. But I think that that's the nature and the desired look of a pastel piece anyway, is that it has just that little bit, extra bit of softness and fluff, especially when you're doing fur. I think it's a perfect medium for doing fur because you do get that fluffy, soft, furry look that can be a little bit more difficult to achieve with
0: pencils. But the scratchy sound, I have also a problem with that. It doesn't bother
1: me. <laughs> I just, maybe I got used to it or, but yeah, with, when you're used to the creaminess of a pencil on paper, pastel pencils on the, on paper definitely have more of a scratchy sound because there's no, there's no oil or wax in them. They're just powdered pigment compressed into a pencil lead, so...
0: When you sleep, do you dream about your portraits? Yes. (laughs) I wake up in the middle of the night realizing that I've just, you
1: know, that I've been thinking about the portrait that I'm working on or what I'm going to do in the morning. Or it's the first thing I think of when I wake up and the last thing I think about when I go to bed. So I'm a little obsessed right now.
0: (laughs) That's wonderful. And what response do you have received from people around you?
1: I've had a wonderful response. Friends are super happy for me. The response that I get when I post the portraits in some of the groups just really boosts your confidence and makes you feel good. So, yeah, it's it's been great. I, I don't know how the coloring community feels about it because I've definitely noticed a difference in my YouTube channel. I've noticed a difference in the views. I've noticed a difference in the amount of comments and all of that stuff. So, That's kind of a bummer. And I understand that I kind of um, changed my format up on everybody and stopped doing people portraits and things like that. So I get it. You know, doing this kind of art isn't for everybody. And that's okay. But again, I had to make a decision. And I had to just kind of say, you know what, I have to do what's in my heart and soul. And, and that's what I'm doing. So I'm sad and sorry, if I've let people down that really like enjoy doing my color alongs and I'm not saying I will never do one of those again as far as a coloring page goes in fact I'm, I'm going to be doing um, a wonderful Harry Potter event <laughs> I'm not doing a people portrait in that one either but it is a coloring page and it will be fabulous but yeah you got to follow your heart right and do what makes mm. your soul happy and that's what I'm doing so hopefully people will Find something that they can learn or enjoy about what I'm showing them. And if not, then that's okay, too.
0: What do you feel when you see all your coloring books? Have you put them in a drawer somewhere? or
1: They're still in my um, bookcase behind me. And I pull them out every once in a while thinking, hmm, maybe I'll do a coloring page. And then I'll think about this other thing that I wanted to do. And <laughs> they, they always lose, unfortunately. And I always put them back. And go, I'll, I'll see you later. And I always go back to doing a, a, an animal portrait. So one of these days, I will pull them out again, I am sure. All my completed pages are still all in folders. And it's fun to take them out and, and flip through them and look at them occasionally, too. So I keep them all. I keep everything. Because honestly, the, those coloring pages are what got me to where I am now. The coloring community and coloring in general and learning and all of that. The last two years, if it hadn't been for that, I would not be doing what I'm doing now. I still have huge love for coloring and colorists and and all of that.
0: Do you see picture yourself in the future, keep doing these pet portraits? Or do you see yourself changing the things you are going to draw? You never know
1: where life will take you. I love doing pet portraits and animals because that's a subject that's near and dear to my heart. I did try and do my grandson. I did a pastel painting of my grandson and it was hard. (laughs) When you're doing a portrait of a real person and not just out of the imagination of a coloring book artist, it's a lot harder because the details are so much more important to get absolutely right um so that's something i would like to try again and and maybe get better at i want to just continue learning and trying new things because that's important and that's how you grow and get better as both a person and an artist
0: how much do you still uh, dare to experiment when you have like a a job to do a thing that someone have ordered.
1: I don't do my experimenting on my commission work. I do my experimenting when I'm doing pieces for
0: myself. Because you talked a lot about how important it was to experiment when we spoke last time.
1: It's extremely important because, as I said before, that's the only way for you to grow and learn and how you come to find things that you didn't even know that you could do. Like I am a perfect example of stepping outside of your comfort zone, trying something new and seeing what happens. If that person hadn't said to me, do you ever do pet portraits? And I said, no, I can't do pet portraits. I can't draw. I hadn't thought about that and said, you know what? Why can't I? I'm going to try it. I would never be doing what I'm doing now. And I've had people contact me saying, I'm afraid to try this. I'm afraid to do this because I'm I'm afraid I'm going to mess up my page. And my response is always to just, you just got to try it because you'll never know if you can do something until you try it. And really, what is it? It's a piece of paper. It's a tiny little bit of pencil or, you know, whatever material you're going to be using and a little bit of your time and your time, you're enjoying doing it anyway. So If you mess up on your experiment, you know, yes, you've lost the cost of a piece of paper. But really, it's insignificant compared to what you will gain by trying something new and discovering that you are good at it or discovering it's something that you enjoy and want to get better at. If you always stay in your comfort zone and you never try anything new, you won't grow
0: follow your heart was uh, it's amazing to hear you say that how important that is
1: it is so important that's like my mantra is is truly follow your heart when you follow your bliss doors will open where you would not have thought there would be doors a joseph campbell quote that i very poorly quoted but i have lived by that my whole life and it's never let me down
0: thank you karen and um Uh, Thank you, everyone, that have been listening, and goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye.